welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, is that no two moms parent in the same way, and we should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 304 of the Extraordinary Moms podcast. It's Jessica checking in from day 582 of the quarantine. (laughs) Oh, is it ever going to end? Isn't it? I saw the most hilarious thing on social media the other day. Remember how those celebrities about three days into the quarantine put out a montage of them singing the song Imagine? Imagine all the people. That one. Okay. So it was done and it was kind of cheesy and many of them could not sing very well and the meme that I saw last week now that we're like on literally week eight or something like that in California is how funny and even more ridiculous is that song and is that kind of PSA given that they've been quarantined for 36 hours and look at us eight weeks in (laughs) like who could have dreamed right But in all seriousness, I hope that your family is doing well and that this brings a little bit of of joy and inspiration to your day today. I have a fantastic, fantastic guest, a dream guest, in fact, Caitlin Crosby. Caitlin is the founder of The Giving Keys. You may have seen a lot of celebrities and other people wearing keys around their necks with a word printed on them. This is the first baby of Caitlin. She is the founder of Giving Keys, and she's also an author. Her newest book is releasing today. It is a memoir that is so honest and raw, both about her challenging experiences that she had with her body as she was in her mid-teens and early adulthood, and the wounds that continue to heal in her life. She also talks a lot about her business and growing that and and the highs and the low lows and she is just so honest in her book and also in this conversation we felt like friends by the end and I'm excited to now introduce you to Caitlin Crosby all right I'm so honored to be chatting with Caitlin Crosby this morning hi Caitlin Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It is uh, my absolute pleasure. I am such a fan of the Giving Keys, and to be talking to you is just such a treat. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thank you so much. But I had no idea so much of your backstory, which you tell in your new book, You Are the Key. And so this has been so fun to learn more about you and so much more beyond just the business, and it gives so much depth to the Giving Keys business and everything. So I can't wait to chat. This is going to be great. Oh, I'm so glad you've been liking it. It's so crazy for the book to not be out yet. Well, right at this moment, it's going to be out on May 12th. But Uh I think, you know, just to know that I feel so vulnerable knowing that people like you, a few people who got advanced copies are know all of my kind of secrets and all, all the things. It's so... It, it's like weirdly awesome, but also nerve wracking. <laughs> yes. And we're going to talk all about that because I think a common denominator in womanhood especially is, is shame. And mm-hmm. it is that, that dichotomy of wanting to be open and vulnerable and help people. And yet we wonder, well, can we use this to help people or can I keep this back because this feels too much? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So for people that may not know you yet, Caitlin, will you just give a little background on yourself and in your family? Yeah. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up doing entertainment and music and acting a little bit and touring a ton. And, but I always wanted to, um, help people as much as possible. And, um, I grew up going to youth group and so I was really involved and always wanted to quote unquote change the world. Um, and then, but I thought it would be through entertainment, but you know, it didn't really, it it did for the first couple decades of my life. Um, but then it switched to the giving keys. So the giving keys is a social enterprise. So we employ people that are trying to transition out of homelessness to engrave inspirational words on keys and have different shapes and sizes and products. And the whole premise is you get a word that you need 
you embrace it, and then you're supposed to pass it on to someone you feel needs it more than you, and then tell that person to pass it on to someone who needs it more than them, so it's a whole pay-it-forward movement, and then people go to the website and write the story of why they gave it away or how they got their keys, so now there's thousands of stories of the keys being passed all over the world. Um, yeah, and I, I met a young homeless couple on Hollywood Boulevard and fell in love with them and had my little aha moment that I should start paying them to engrave the keys and then little by little they saved up enough money to get their own apartment and when I first met them they lived in a dumpster and now we've been able to employ over 130 people that are trying to transition out of homelessness. Hey everyone, how's that for getting started? Bam! I did want to thank a show sponsor to start us off and that is Built Bar. You know that Built Bars have been helping us to get through quarantine. They're both in my food storage and something that my kids and I both snack on every afternoon and we are loving, loving, loving the flavor and the quality of Built Bars. Built Bar is the fastest growing protein bar in the whole world and they innovated the perfect protein bar that tastes amazing because a lot of them just simply don't. And I know that we're all looking for ways to get more protein into our diet, to eat healthy, and Built Bar is so cool because it's a candy bar-like taste, but with protein bar nutrition. No protein bar tastes this good and also has 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, four grams of sugar, and even my son, who's looking at the packaging, said, hey, my other protein bar that I was eating earlier had 30 grams of sugar. And I said, uh-huh, that's why we're eating Built Bars instead. I love all the flavors and I definitely recommend getting a variety box because then you're able to sample all the flavors before committing to just one. My personal favorite is the chocolate coconut and my son really liked the peanut butter chocolate. Built Bar is offering my listeners 20% off your first purchase. Go to builtbar.com and enter the promo code EEP at checkout to receive 20% off your first order. Isn't that cool? That's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com and enter promo code EEP at checkout. One taste and you'll be hooked like I was. So thanks for Built Bar for not only feeding my children, but for sponsoring the show. Okay, now let's keep going with Caitlin. Okay, it seems like you should be 100 years old with how (laughs) many parts of your story. How old are you right now? I'm 37, but I feel 100 years old. Okay, okay, I'm 36, (laughs) so we're like in the same boat. I mean, there's just so many chapters to your story as in your book when you kept like, okay, in high school, I tried out for this and then as part of a band. And then you're like five years later. And I'm like, five years? Like, how did this all cram in literally like 15 years, 15, 20 years? I know. That's why I, I talk also later about having heart pains and okay. so much stress. <laughs> Shingles. Yeah. Too many things. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's so fascinating because I think when we're growing up, so many times we have this vision of what our life is going to look like. And like you said, you had a heart for for impact and for caring for others and everything. And sometimes we even pigeonhole that into what we think that's going to look like. Did you have an exact vision of what you wanted to be when you grew up? Oh, yeah. I always – my dad manages actors and he always has. So that was always the kind of bar of success. And so that's always what I wanted to do too. So my whole life I always wanted to be an actress and – I think I still to this day struggle with like, oh, I'm not an actress, so I'm a failure. <laughs> like I, that's you. still kind of in there, and I need to remind myself that that's not real. <laughs> yeah. So how do you, somebody that is so, you know, quote unquote successful, how are you able to kind of realize and own my life is successful? Like I may not have done this or that or achieved yeah. this in this way. But how do you just own this is a life I'm supposed to be living and and it is successful and meaningful and it is how it's supposed to be and let go of the other stuff? That's so good. That's a lot of what I talk about in the book too about the high, high moments of quote unquote success didn't, doesn't and don't, they don't compare to the little just precious moments in life of you know, being present with my kids. And, and I, I really hope it doesn't offend Oprah, but, um, I have this one part where I talk about how, yeah, you know, I got to meet Oprah and work with her a little bit and, and she is awesome. And meeting her, I thought would be the highlight of my life. And 
it was incredible. But then the the high wears off, you know, two minutes later and back to real life. And I have this one uh, kind of section at the end where I talk about I was looking for uh, slugs in the front yard with my little boy and how just seeing the joy in his eyes and and the joy that I felt, it was so deep and real. And I said, wow, I never thought meeting a slug would bring me more joy in life than meeting Oprah. <laughs> but it's so true. And to me, that really, I talk a lot about that's what success is, you know, um, being present and enjoying your life and enjoying the blessings that we all have. I mean, I know so many people that are quote unquote successful in the quote unquote world's eyes, but they're miserable. And I think I, I struggle with that too sometimes as far as like all the, the negative challenges that come along with owning a, a business sometimes are debilitating the stress and like the, the debt and the attorney fees and the things that I feel like sometimes feel like they're quote unquote ruining my, my family, the stress that it brings to my life that sometimes I struggle with feeling like, okay, it's helping all these people and it has helped all these people, but it's taken so it's taken such a toll on my life emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, that sometimes it feels like, God, was this worth it? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, that's not success if it, if, if it, if you feel that way. So I'm trying to kind of work through that. Yeah. So how do you stay grounded when it comes to being in an industry, whether it's the entertainment industry or creating something so meaningful and with such notoriety and everything? I mean, the accolades and the attention and the profits, like those are major drivers in those types of industries. So how do you get back to the slug? And how do you want to teach your kids to go for their dreams? And maybe they will have public lives, you know, like if that's in their blood, like maybe they'll be entertainers. Who knows? Yeah. But how are you going to keep them looking for those slugs? Oh, that's so good. I love that. Um, I mean, my, I have a three-year-old and a 10-month-old, so they're I, I try to get some good mess messages in there for at least my three year old, but I, I don't. It's hard for him to I think grasp things right now. It's so funny. The other day I was trying to teach him a, a good lesson. I saw someone paint um, with uh, with chalk, and a neighbor wrote, "No one is alone outside in chalk," and it was super. It meant a lot to me and super impactful to me. And I and I told him I was like, "Great." Let, let's go write an inspiring message outside. What What's something inspiring that we can write other people too with our chalk? And he wrote, no one can play. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, that is true. No one can play right now. Stay away. But, Stay away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's not really inspired. But, uh, but that was like, oh, wow. It's so sad that that's in his mind right now. Right. But it's so true. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, as as much as I can, I will try to get those good lessons in, but I'm not sure he's, I don't know how much he understands yet. Right. Absolutely. But I do think it starts young. I mean, I just recorded a podcast about how essential we are as mothers during this Mm -hmm. time. We think about the essential workers as the healthcare workers and people that are going out to work right now. I think our role as mothers is going to be pivotal to the outcome of our family during this time. And it's both a logistics and figuring out distance learning and all that stuff. And it's also modeling how we get through a hard time, how we let ourselves feel sad about canceled plans or the weight of, of business or responsibility, but realize helping our kids to realize, but that's not the end. Right. That's good. And that modeling, we're essential. That's so good. We can't that's shy really away from good. that. Yeah, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about um, priorities mm-hmm. and and being a mother, and you know, every day trying to focus on what my priorities are. Actually, this is a new thing for me, to be honest, um, because I think for so long I was I was focusing so much on work, 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 and I had a lot of mom guilt, feeling like I wasn't spending enough energy and time with my kids because I had this huge, you know, full-time burden and the staff and all this stuff. And it was really hard for me to find that, that quote unquote balance. And, and now I've been really working on focusing on making lists of my priorities and knowing that my kids are at the top, 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 top of the list. And 
then I should be spending more time preparing and learning, like reading a book. Like there's a book that I've been wanting to get through. I, I just, I've just started it for a long time. (laughs) The no no drama discipline book. Yeah. Because I'm really struggling with, with discipline with my three-year-old and, and my impatience and, oh, my husband and I are both just like struggling a lot with how to, you know, be a good parent to him. Like you said, good role model. And, you know, if, if he is my first priority, which he is, then I should be spending more time reading that book than work emails or whatever, you know? So, so that's something I've been thinking about. Yeah. I, I love that. I think it is a great time to focus on, I mean, it's weird to have way more time than we've ever had in some ways and yet far more limited ways to use the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's kind of an interesting yes. trade-off. I do have a recommendation for you. Um, somebody I follow online is simply on purpose. Her too. I went to one of her seminars. Yeah. Is it Ralphie amazing? Yes. 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 She's so amazing. And she has an audio course that I think would be a great resource for people during this time because it's so much easier to listen than to physically pick up a book, especially you could play Legos with your kids and also have that earbud in. So (laughs) no no shame in that. That's Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah, it, to- it to- I have no shame in that. Especially if you only have one in, so you're like half listening and half listening. It's, oh, it's so that's fine. Good. It's so fine. I'm gonna take that tip. Yes, but I think I think Ralphie's message of ignoring the junk behavior and focusing on the positive. Like my sister in law has a two and a half year old, and that's it right now. And she's going crazy in quarantine because it's like she is her daughter's cruise director and like everything is like, you know, entertaining her all day long. And I'm like, and then she'll, you know, have a tantrum about not getting something. And she's like, what do I even do? I'm like, cause you can't change a two-year-old and who they are and what they want, but it really does boil down to how much are you acknowledging what they're doing? That's positive. We ignore most of it. We yeah. ignore most of it. And yeah. that's like just the wrong approach when we're able to, give more attention for the things we want to see more of, we will see more of it. Yeah. Plain I love that. It's true. Okay. It's true. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I have a, a, I have a question. I don't know if I'm allowed to ask you, you can a question. Ask a question? A sure. mom advice question. Yeah. So my little boy, I'm embarrassed to say, but he, cause I, I was an only child. So I didn't have brothers and sisters. So I don't know what's normal or not. Okay. I should ask some of my other moms and brothers, but he likes to, he takes his Legos or anything. And he, and I think it's because I've been giving him too much negative attention for this and he'll turn it into a gun and he'll be like, pew, 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 pew. And he'll point it at me. And I have gotten so angry, like no guns, mom doesn't like the guns. We do not like guns, you know, or whatever. And my husband's like, Hey, like you're making such a big deal about it that he's going to do it. Like mommy, look at this gun and it's become this whole thing. So now I'm trying to ignore it. Um, but it's like. I don't know. What do you think about that? Okay. I have three boys. I have all okay. boys. Okay. <laughs> 10, 8, and 4. Okay. None of them are serial killers yet. So, so like, we're on a good path. So, my first, I'm like, no guns. No, we're not that house. Like, no Nerf guns, no, no rough play, no killing, no video games, no nothing. They will make a gun out of anything. Like, so, so it was happening that the four-year-old was whacking the two-year-old with a spatula, making that a sword or a gun or whatever, because I, we didn't even have, you know, guns at that time or yeah. swords or anything. It became safer to have the Nerf gun than it was him, like, hitting somebody with a wooden spoon, right? Because boys just play that way. That's and what my husband is telling me. He's play, like, you know, we're boys. What no. we do? And I'm like, really? I know. It's I was like, weird. is that just because you're from Nashville? Like, because <laughs> I'm from LA and that's not, I don't know, but I just didn't know it was a cultural thing, but that's good to know that. Yes. Yeah, it is okay. so developmentally appropriate and, and normal. I think it is great to have conversations around like, nope, we don't point at people's heads. Yeah, I think it's totally developmentally normal. You can keep guns out of your house all you want and they're going to make it. It's just normal. So, okay. don't worry. Anyway, don't worry. And then encourage <laughs> and then encourage other types of play and all the other attributes that would make him sensitive to people's feelings and compassionate and things like that. And all of it will come out in the wash yeah. and be great, a great mix. But good question. Because yeah, <laughs> it, it is interesting, people that are raised as an only child, not having that comparison or not being around babies. Like, I hear that a lot. Like, is this normal? 
you know, and and there's just no normal necessarily, but like what kind of outcome do you want to have for your kids? What kind of worldview do you want them to have? And then you kind of, I don't know, guide them in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. No, great, great question. So I definitely want everyone to read the book. And I think part of what is so cool about the book is how much detail you give and how vulnerable you are. And so I want to stay very high level in this conversation because I want people to read it and get the experience of hearing about your health struggles and your business stuff and everything for themselves. And But that being said, you struggle with a lot of feminine woman issues in, in high school and in before that and everything that I think is very relatable and then not relatable at all because – these are very extreme health issues that you dealt with that made you feel very outside of the norm. Mm -hmm. And I think that feeling a feeling uh, like outside and not like you're fitting in and like just feeling different, that is a very common sentiment. And so I want to know what has it been like to release this part of your story that you've never talked about before? Like why, why share it now? Why be brave with this? Yeah. Um, I think it's because my story, whenever I would talk about it, it didn't really make sense without living, leaving this big chunk out. Mm. It just felt like the story I would tell about why I would, I started love your flaws.com with, I started this website with Brie Larson, the actress years ago about body image issues. And the, the reasons why I said I started, it didn't really sound that ex- like, like that much of a big deal because I felt too shameful and embarrassed talking about the real reason why. Um, and I think, so I did someone's podcast a couple of years ago. Um, this guy, Mike Foster, and it's, it's a podcast called fun therapy. And he came to my office one day and he, and I just was having a, a rough day and he's like, we're just going to be real today. And he asked me all these deep questions that I ended up crying on the podcast. And I talked about this issue because he was kind of digging in really deep and I had never gotten such a uh, incredible response from people that listened to the podcast. They were so many people were writing me like, Oh my gosh, I related to this so much. It's helped me so much, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, wow, I, I feel like me telling my real story is actually really helpful for people and maybe this TMI is not TMI. Mm. Um, and yeah, and I think maybe deep down too, I wanted to get healing with the issue. And I knew that if I put it, if I put it in the book, I had to do the hard, deep work to research and get that healing for, so I could have a conclusion to the mm. book. <laughs> so when I was halfway done writing it, or maybe I had like a month longer to go, I set up a therapy session um, with an old therapist. And I said, I have to write chapter 12. And this has to be the revelation I have about all of my boob issues. So (laughs) I need to go deep and I need to get a really good healing session here. And there was all this buildup to it. And it ended up being exactly what I needed. And I honestly still read that final chapter even though I've, you know, edited it 50 times since, but every time I've edited it, I, I get more and more deeper healing where I'm like, Oh, I needed to read this. Oh, I needed to read this. This is so good. Oh my God. This is so good. This is helping me. This is helping me more. Um, so I'm really, really excited for women because I think, you know, I know I'm friends with a lot of women and everyone struggles with something about themselves, whether it's, um, their body or something about themselves that they don't like or insecurities or, Um, all that. So I'm really excited for women to be able to relate and hopefully dig down and get that healing for themselves too. I actually wrote this, um, this thing that I have up in this little office, which is my new scars make me a unique, powerful warrior filled with new depth and inspiration. My new scars make me a unique, powerful warrior filled with new depth and inspiration. So that's something that I wrote when I was, you know, finishing up the book. And I talk about that quote in the book, too. And I still have to read it to myself. It's not about, you know, it's just about we have to do the work and like put it into practice. 
Hey everyone, I know you're loving this conversation with Caitlin, but wanted to thank another show sponsor, and that is Oak Dental. Oak is spelled O-O-A-K because it stands for one of a kind, and that's truly what Oak Dental is doing as they're innovating in the category of toothbrushes and flossers. I have recently started brushing Jackson's teeth with the Oak Dental toothbrush, and you guys, it is a game changer because there's a unique V-shaped tapered bristle that conforms to the shape of his teeth, which allows for the outer bristles to stimulate the gum line while also cleaning the teeth well. And this is exactly how dental hygienists teach patients to brush. They, they teach you to turn your toothbrush to a 45 degree angle. And who's doing that? And especially whose kids are remembering to do that? Mine certainly aren't. And so these toothbrushes take the user error out of it. And it's perfect for those like people with special needs, dexterity challenges, the elderly, and of course, kids. I had a really bad dental visit with my kids a couple months ago, and I wanted to nip that in the bud going forward. No more cavities. That's why we started using Oak Dental Toothbrushes since then, and I can already tell a difference. Another cool thing is their flossers are super unique. They have a three-in-one floss pick brush, which is great if you're on the go and you have something stuck in your teeth. It has like a fold-out dental brush with protective cover that helps scrub between teeth. It is so cool. And then their oral-in-one flosser is basically like a Swiss army knife of flossers. It could not be more cool. Individually packaged so you can throw them in your purse. I want you to check out Oak Dental today on Amazon. That's O-O-A-K Dental. And you can go to Amazon.com now to pick out your toothbrushes. So thanks Oak Dental for sponsoring the show. Wow, Caitlin. So this just makes me think, did you ever, as a person of faith, start to doubt God's design for you and for your body? Because it starts to raise questions, right? When we go through extreme trauma or extreme physical challenges and everything, right? It makes you question, did you do this on purpose? Like, is, is mm-hmm. there meaning in this? Like, did you mess up making my chest the way it is or my body the way it is? And it, that could be tricky to reconcile. Did you ever st- wrestle with that? Oh, that's a good question. I think I did. I think deep down, I felt like this was all meant to be because I felt like I knew that it was producing something in me that was unique and special and like I said meant to be and and I am grateful for it now now I feel like I have learned to um accept it and accept that it's part of my story that I know I never would have come up with the giving keys if that didn't if that didn't happen to me yeah I would be a completely different person so I can't wish that I was somebody completely different it's just not realistic right yeah yeah it 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 has turned out to be such um, an agent of compassion and like such a driving force. Yeah. In the mission of your company that has impacted so many people with such a variety of different struggles in their life. I can, I can totally see that. I think with shame, it's like having weights on us. Right. And so while this story was kept under wraps, like it may have informed your business and, I don't know, your motivation and and your passion for what you were doing, but is it different now that this aspect of your story and just more of your story in general with this book is more out in the open and people can understand more. Oh, wow. Like Caitlin's not like people may look at you, Caitlin, and be like, what I wouldn't give for Caitlin's life. She's so beautiful and her family's so great. And she has this business and she's so well connected and all these things, right? Like that's what people see or could see with you. But knowing this driving factor, does it does it change things for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I really hope, especially even in the chapter with um, which is called Girl Boss in the ER, uh-huh. and it starts with saying, oh, everyone thinks, wow, isn't it amazing that you can be your own boss, you can make your own schedule, isn't that great? And then the whole chapter talks about how hard it is, <laughs> and then at the end, I think I say something like, now do you want to be a boss? Um, <laughs> And yeah, I mean, right now, just getting a call on the other line. If you heard it uh, beeping through, it was American Express calling because we've maxed out this credit card. That's that that, and every time American Express calls, my heart drops and I have heart pains. Like it is like never ending. And oh, 
man, it is hard. It's so hard. <laughs> because, you know, we don't have the money to pay it. And the giving keys doesn't have the money to pay it. So they're like, well, you ha- you personally have to pay it. I'm like, well, we don't have any money much right now. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, so my mind goes to, oh, my gosh, are they going to show up to my house and they're going to take me to jail or, or what, like, what, you know, and just living in this, this state, you know, it's like a constant every day, like, God surrendering, surrendering it to you, guide me, give me a revelation, what am I supposed to do, lead me, speak to me, I'm desperate, I need help, this is too big for me, mm. that's, wow. that's, that's a lot of it. Yeah, and yet at its inception... Everything kind of, I don't know, came together flawlessly for the Giving Keys, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you literally walked out of a showing of Invisible Children, which I love that cause so much. I'm friends with those guys, and they're just yes. the best. Yes. And you walk out, you find two homeless people, you invite them to dinner, you say, do you want to work for me? Like, it's like, what? And then it starts gaining traction organically and all this stuff. It's like... And so then to meet challenges at this stage in your business, are you surprised that it's not easier at this yeah. level? I don't know. What did you think it was going to be like? Yeah, I, I do. I think, you know, it's been 11-ish years now. And I, it, it, it's something that I was just telling my husband about and, and a girlfriend last week saying, you know, after so many years of working so hard and I would think at this point it would be like, okay, and then I could rest or something like that. Or, and then God just blessed me with peace or something. I don't know. That would be nice, but it, it does right now kind of feel like the opposite. So I do feel I've been questioning like, what is, what is next? What is he doing? What is he trying to teach me? Um, and really, you know, just even looking at other companies, like, is this just a, is this just a, a season? You know, you know, some of the biggest companies in the world go bankrupt. I mean, is that what we're going to have to do? I mean, I'm talking to an investor here, an investor there, and trying to get deals done to help us, you know, stay afloat, especially in the, right now with this new everything, the craziness that's happening in the world. We have to shut down production and lay everybody off and, and, you know, hope, hope, hoping it's, it's temporary, but I don't know how long this is going to last. And, you know, so I think I'm just taking it day by day right now and really leaning on God, like, what are, what are you doing? What are you trying to produce in me? And really that is also a lot of what I'm talking about in the book, like using blank as an opportunity to grow. Okay. This is a hardship that's happening in our lives. It's something you've maybe allowed to happen for whatever reason okay, this is another opportunity to grow. So I have to do the work, dig deeper, you know, like I've been living on the serenity prayer lately, living like all day long. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. I mean, living on that prayer. And I, um, I've been kind of breaking it up into sections and focusing on the the beginning part, mostly like give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And then what are the things I cannot change? And I'll make a list of those things um, and trying to detach, detach from those things and attach to God and attach to leaning on him to try to find refuge and peace and serenity. That's really beautiful and powerful. And sometimes the messy middle sharing that part of it is what is going to be more inspiring even than the tidy bow at the end. Right. And so your willingness to say these things now, instead of like in hindsight, like look how hard this was and look how okay it is now. Cause sometimes Mm -hmm. things don't end up perfectly okay, but they always will be some type Mm -hmm. of, some type of okay. They will like we're promised that every single time. So do you have a key right now and a word right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, my favorite, well, my little boy, his name is Brave and then little girl, her name is Love. So I have uh, a little rose gold love mini key that, um, that's, that, that I always say is my keeping key because I'm going to one day I give it, well, I kind of gave it to her. We both, we share it. Yeah. (laughs) My 10 month old. Um, (laughs) um, so that is my. That's the love one right now. The love mini rose gold is my favorite one right now. Um, Just kind of pulling me back to my focus on them. Hey, everyone. Wanted to jump in one final time and thank our show sponsor today, Cosmetology. You've heard me talk about Cosmetology before, and I still am loving, loving their products. 
The best products are always seriously developed by moms because they have a problem and then they go and solve it. And that's what Dr. Janice Covey did. Her three-month-old was diagnosed with eczema, nothing was working, and so as a pharmacist, she decided to make her own line of products for children. My little Jackson has eczema. He has always had the bumpiest skin, and while there have been times where it's been better than others, these lotion bars have been fantastic for him because it's a solid moisturizer, and so A, I can take it in my bag and I know it's not gonna spill, and I can hand it over to him and he's not gonna make a mess with it. Also, I love great smelling products, but they can aggravate his skin, right? So, these are available in four great essential oil and few scents, and there's also an unscented version as well. I'm also loving their hand soaps, and during this time, we cannot get our hands on enough hand soap, can we? They're sold out everywhere. So try Cosmetology's hand soaps, and they also come in five different essential oil and few scents. Trust me when I say you are going to love these products. So Cosmetology has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you receive 15% off. So to get that 15% off your first order, go to Cosmetology.com and use code EEP at checkout. That's K-O-S-M-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y.com and use code EEP to get 15% off your first order. Thanks so much to Cosmetology for helping my son's skin and for sponsoring the show. Um, one of my favorite parenting experts is Dr. Laura Markham. Uh, she does AHA Parenting. And she gave me a great quote one time and just said, anything can wait but love. Anything. Mm. Anything. Like there's so many things in parenting where you're like, should my son be playing with Lego guns? Should we like, you know, do take this investor? Should we, whatever. But like when you're leading with love – and you talk about the peace meter and so much about your intuition in your book. How have you found you can trust that voice or that peace meter I mean, yeah. that takes practice, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And it takes yeah. a lot of faith. How yeah. have you been able to do that? And how do you keep doing that? Yeah. It was so interesting. When I was writing that part about the peace meter there was somebody on our team that I had a gut, not good gut Piece of, my piece of meter was going off, going ding, 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 like bad feelings. Your intuition is like not having a good feeling about this person. And I felt a little trapped. Like I couldn't, I couldn't let him go because he did A, B, and C so much and we relied on him so much. And so that's been a lot of like self-reflection and, and really taking that seriously, taking the chapter about piece meter and how serious listening to your gut and listening to your intuition is because as I was writing it and I was reading and rewrite editing it and reading the words that I said about trusting your intuition, I was like, I'm not listening to my own advice right now. Yes. And you know, now I'm, I'm kind of dealing with the repercussions of not listening to it. Hmm. So I definitely am taking that even more seriously now. I know I've had it. I've had really small examples of like feeling a prompting one way and not listening to it. And then I kind of see what I missed out on or what could have happened for good or whatever. And I'm like, why didn't I just listen to that? And then there'll be times where I get a prompting and I act and then the, the positive thing happens. And I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to do that every time. Like next time I get a prompting, like I'm just, why wouldn't I always just like go that way instead of this way? And but like, it's just not that easy. It's just yeah. not. It's yeah. not clear cut. And I think God sometimes does say like, you choose. Like sometimes it's very clear which way. And sometimes it's like, you're a smart person that I created. Like, go forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Hard, 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 hard. So how does yeah. this intuition impact your parenting and yeah. your ability to to shape these little minds? Yes, 100%. I think it's something that I've been really going back to every single day, writing in my journal, like reminding myself, uh, reminding myself things that when I'm in the middle of it and my kind of uh, my, my, my stress and my patience, there's, it's starting to falter and, and I have to go back and, and read this one page that I say, I am the adult brave is the child. I'm, I am the woman here and I'm setting the tone. Brave deserves me. Oh. He deserves me to practice self-control and patience right now. I owe this to him. And I have to think about that a hundred times a day. Yes. <laughs> me too. Uh, me too. I so always I, say I you can't listen to that. 
sometimes I have to walk away and take some deep breaths. And sometimes I'll say, mommy needs a timeout. Mommy needs a timeout. I'll just go and take some deep breaths. And just because I know I can, I can feel that thing inside of me that's like, oh, oh, Caleb, you need to zip it. Totally. I always say you can't expect your kids to be behave better than you do. Like they didn't, they didn't come pre-programmed knowing appropriate behavior. So if, so if we're modeling, you know, crazy behavior or impatience or whatever, I mean, not that we're not going to mess up, but that consistency of showing how to properly manage our emotions and Mm -hmm. dissatisfaction, everything they're, they're picking up earlier than you think they are. And when you see them doing something reasonable, it's because they saw you do it. It's not naturally in them to be reasonable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you're doing a better job than you think you are most of the time. I think, especially when you were leading, yeah. leading with love, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, this is kind of a weird question, and I was thinking about it this morning when I woke up after reading a bunch of your book. And so this is, I feel like we're friends, so I can ask you this. Yes. So your friend, so your company and your entertainment background and everything, like you're friends with a lot of like high status, privileged type people. And then you also employ a homeless population. I love the diversity in that. Like, I think that is such an incredible place to be, having such a diverse friend group, really, and and having that exposure to, to such different lifestyles and everything like that. Does that feel weird to you at all, to, to feel like you're living in in different worlds, or does it not feel weird? I don't know. That just came out oh, That's came such a good me. question so funny I don't even know if I have really thought about that exactly because Mm. I think with some of the high profile people I just kind of see everyone as humans that have issues and hardships and they all just have I don't want to say the same ones because they're not the same but just like we all struggle with being a human in different ways like all of my friends all of my employees all my friends like uh, you know so I don't really see it being that different. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. is on paper, but I think just like the the feeling of being human and, and talking to all of them, they're really not all that different. That is such a great response. And I think that's what comes from living up close to these people. Because I think sometimes mm-hmm. we take a high-level view of them and they're like, we think people are perfect or we think they have it all together. And it doesn't have to just be famous people, but it could be your neighbor or the PTA president. And when you're like, whoa, like how does she do it all? She's always homemade cookies for the bake sale and I'm buying cookies for the bake sale and what a failure I am, right? But it's like when you're able to be up close to people, I think it's Glennon Doyle that talks about this, like maybe Brene Brown, like you can't be afraid of people that you're up close to. Mm -hmm. Like they just become so much more alike you than you once feared yeah I love yeah. that thank you for answering that because I did I did wonder of, about that and uh and I think it just brings such dignity to life in general like no matter what your cir- circumstances are like everyone deserves a shot and a job yeah. and dignity and respect and all of that yeah. and you're offering that that is so cool that is so cool so I, I think it's just so just remarkable about the company that I think you even talked about you didn't even necessarily see coming was the way the pay it forward aspect of of the giving keys and it starts with your word and when you feel like you find somebody that needs your courage key more than you do you pass it along and you've heard of it being passed and passed and passed and passed what do these stories do for you Caitlin like do you just think about these people and these lives and just think I created something that gives people an opportunity to connect in a way that is just unbelievable. Yeah, that does make it feel worth it to know that, you know, these little tokens have impacted so many people, not just the one person that bought it, but then all the people that it gets, the one gets passed on to. Mm -hmm. Uh, That does, yeah, make it feel worth it to know that there are people out there that I'll never meet that are facing hardships, whether it's... um, depression or suicidal thoughts or they have cancer or going to a divorce or I don't remember if I said depressed or not you know all the things and all the things that come with being a human sometimes and just to know that they can hold on to that token um, does bring comfort for sure 
I love that. What's your favorite part of being a mom? Ooh, good question. Uh, the snuggles. Yeah. The snuggles of the skin. I could cry now thinking about it. I just got really sad thinking about when they get older. I know. And they don't snuggle <laughs> with me oh, my gosh. I literally could almost cry thinking about that because I just – I'm, ugh, I just they keep so they keep up. snuggling you though. Like if that's your culture in your home, like yeah. I have three boys, and I by far my four year old is the most cuddly. But my ten year old still, especially during this time where he doesn't have any friends to turn to, he like likes me better. And so he'll pile on my bed and he's like, "Do you think any other moms and sons are talking on their bed right now?" No. Like I love talking to you, and I'm just like, "Bless you, I like you so much," you know. And it's just like. There's just something special at every season. And so I used to really be sad about them growing up and wondering, like, am I done? Like, am I already done out of that baby season? How how did it go so fast? But each new season is so special, too, and so tender. And you still see them as that tender little one you want to cuddle. And they always need that. Even when they start pushing back, they still always need to be brought in. They do. So don't stop. Don't stop. What's the hardest part of motherhood for you? recently it's been realizing that I don't have as much patience as I thought. I I never Mm. thought that I struggled with patience, but now I realize that I do. (laughs) Um, Just me using that self-control when I get to this place of brave, not listening to me over and over and over, or when if he, you know what, you know what it, it, it kind of, I think it started with, He's very rough with the baby, mm-hmm. and I feel like I have this mama bear, like, rawr, when he hurts her, which is 100 times a day. So all day long, I feel this, like, it's, like, this weird juxtaposition of I'm obsessed with him, and of the two, I feel so much more, like, in love with him, my little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, so in love with my little girl, too, but I just, yeah. he and I, he's been around longer, and he's... I feel like we're in love <laughs> and he's my little boyfriend. He's asked me like a hundred times if I'd marry him and yes. I always say yes. Yes, I love it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, I will. And then my husband's right there. He's like, babe, no, you're married to me. I was like, oh. <laughs> you're, you're cute too. <laughs> yeah, okay. But um, but then when he hurts little baby love, I'm like, no. Like, and, I, yeah. and I don't like the way that I react, but it's like I feel like I'm this mama bear that just like, get so protective over her other baby cub. Yeah. And I don't like how worked up I get. Yes. Yeah, it's especially hard when it's kid against kid because you have equal amounts of love for both of them and equal amounts of protection against them, right? And it's really tricky because then one kid feels like you're sliding them because you're protecting the other, especially as they get older. But, yeah, that's going to be a really tricky thing to work through. But – it's it's all normal too. It's all it's all normal. So yeah. f- fear not, fear not. <laughs> Caitlin, this has been such a great conversation. I hope everyone will pick up your book. So this will all air this close to um, when it airs in May. But you, uh, your new book's called "You Are the Key: Turning Imperfections into Purpose." What a beautiful book! And the Giving Keys is such a tremendous company, making such an impact, helping people transition out of homelessness and just encouraging people around the world to really own their story and to pass it on to empower others and to support one another. I think it's a beautiful mission. Thank you so much for the support. And it was so great to meet you. And I can't wait to listen to your podcast and get more mom tips. Yes, absolutely. Well, I always ask my guests just one final question and it's this, what would you tell your pre motherhood self? (sighs) (laughs) I would say, I mean, honest, to be honest, I wanted to give like an inspirational answer that would sound um, like, oh, give yourself a break or something like that. But really, I would say, I wish that I would have read some of those toddler books about discipline and uh, earlier, I, you know, but I mean, maybe that's too much to ask. But, but <laughs> I was reading the baby books, but I, I feel like I haven't, I haven't caught up to to learning and reading the things for the stage that I'm in now. You know, when I, before I had a baby, I was reading about birth and, you know, and breastfeeding and formula and sleep and not sleeping. And, um, but I wish that there was a way that I would have 
learned a little bit more about this toddler season um, beforehand, just because I'm kind of finding it difficult with work and a new baby to to learn about all, all of that. Um, yeah, so maybe that. Yeah. I think before you have the baby, there is that time to prepare and everything. But once you're in the thick of parenting, like there's no more time to like prep. There's no prep time <laughs> for the next stage because you're so in the thick of it. That's so true. Yeah. That's so yeah. true. Well, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job, Caitlin. Good job. And Thank just you. all the love to you and your family. I hope you stay well and all the best to your business and everything. You're doing a great job and congrats on the book. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Thank Bye, you. everyone. How fun is Caitlin? Okay, if you thought she was honest in this conversation, you have to read her memoir. You must. You must. Everything she reveals, and I specifically did not give away what her health issues are, because as she reveals it in story form and narrative form in the in the memoir, it is so powerful. And I know it'll give such hope to people that struggle with their own body image and self-love and things like that. Because as somebody that looks like she has it all, she is so beautiful, she has this company, she has great friends, and she's doing so much to serve the community. I mean, you look at her and you're like, what doesn't she have going for her? So to hear about the backstory of her life experiences I hope you'll check out The Giving Keys and what better time to support small businesses. I would love for you to check that out and find a word that really resonates with you and get one of those keys for yourself or for somebody else that's struggling. Such a powerful gift to give someone and an inspirational word can take you so far. I'm going to link to everything over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at JessicaDalquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Again, pick up Caitlin's book today. It comes out today. Order it wherever books are sold, and I'll put, provide a link over on the podcast website as well. All right, everybody. Thanks, Caitlin, for coming on. And I hope everyone has a tremendous week. And we will see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.